Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Death Daddy's Graveyard Shift, where darkness and light intertwine and conversations about death and dying brings us all closer to life itself. I am your host, Death Daddy, and I am here to guide you through the twilight realm of all things death, dying, and grief. In each episode, we will dive deep into a wide range of subjects from the various stages of grief to the different bathing techniques that work best for certain health conditions. Through the podcast, we will provide much-needed support for caregivers, those warriors in the trenches who selflessly care for others at the end of life. We will also share heartwarming stories of human resilience and explore ways in which grief has shaped our artistic and creative expressions, as well as discussing the profound impact loss can have on our personal relationships. So join me, Death Daddy, as we traverse the highways and byways of death's domain. Together, we will build a community that understands the complexities of grief and embraces the beauty of life, even in its final moments. Hey, my friend, how are you today? Good morning. Doing well. How about yourself? I am fantastic. So excited for you to finally be on the show. Um, if you <laughs> would, introduce yourself to my friends and listeners. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. My name is Amber Taggart. I am a professional organizer with the Masters of Science in Clinical Mental Health. And in 2011, I decided to open a company um, called The Organizer Chick. And it's a kind of a weird thing to do with my education. <laughs> um, but I really believe in it. And I, I think that yes. that education fits it so well. Um, the company started out as uh, The Organizer Chick, singular, and then over time, um, it just became evident that like, wow, I'm really on to something and mm. you're having to book people weeks and weeks into the future. And so um, we've added chicks to the flock along the way. And there nice. are now 17 of us. Yeah, 17 chicks in Northwest Arkansas. Wow. And um, actually, you're kind of the first to know, but we're opening a central Arkansas location in January and uh, wow. opening up in the woodlands of Texas as well. So, Wow, yeah. congratulations. My goodness. Thanks. My goodness. This <laughs> is you. just such a needed service. Um, I did home hospice for many years and man, mm. oh man, if I could have yeah. just had y'all tag along with me to multiple homes, uh, the Absolutely. quality of life would have improved dramatically. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, well, and, and we certainly appreciate people who do what you do and, uh, you know, provide such, such an, an important and needed service and one that people don't think of until they're in that moment. And I, I think right. this goes hand in hand with that until we're there, yes. until we are just bogged down with the heavy emotion and stress of this kind of situation. We often haven't thought through right. our stuff problem really right. before. And so great to be talking about this now, right? Yes, yes. You know, it, it's it's so difficult when you're mucked down in, in all mm. of the, the heaviness that's going on around you to uh, to have that objective uh, ability to look outside and see what it is you need to do. Um, Absolutely. It, it, it just becomes very overwhelming. Um so my first question for you today is, how does the process of letting go of possessions help us process grieving? Right. And the, the first thing I would want to say to that is that it may not immediately be part of your process. Sure. You may decide that you are not ready to deal with letting go of things for a minute for a month, for a year. And I think that's one of the most important things to recognize. There is no one size fits all. There is no correct or right way to do this. Right. Um, it, it may feel like it's a dishonor to the person that you've recently lost to let go of things quickly. Yes. Um, and if you feel that way, 
that's okay. You don't have to rush this process for anyone else's sake. However, um, sometimes circumstance does dictate that we rush, doesn't it? Sometimes Mm, circumstance says, I'm so sorry that your mother has passed, but we have to liquidate these assets and sell this house and divide the proceeds up among all your siblings. Um, There just may be a financial need that that requires us to do that, right? And so I think just being sensitive and understanding that you you may really have a difficult time doing this, and that's okay. You're not wrong. You're not abnormal. If these things suddenly hold a lot more meaning to you than you anticipated they would, you're not crazy. Right. This is a right. normal part of the grieving process, right? Yes. So giving yourself all the grace that you possibly can is a wonderful first step. <laughs> mm. um, and, and just recognizing that I'm not alone in this. This is a difficult thing. And that sometimes when we say goodbye to things, it feels like we're reopening a grieving wound. Yes. And that we're we're doing a, a you know, it's a loss. It's a loss all over again because the truth of the matter is our things become more than just things, right? This mm-hmm. cardigan is no longer just a cardigan. It's not just a cotton polyester blend. It's a memory of when right. X, you know, right. and, and this, you know, it, it can even trickle down to things that might seem insignificant. Oh, these are potholders. Well, yes, they're potholders that my grandmother uh, knitted by hand. Exactly. And the yes. all of these threads went through her fingers as she sat, you know, in the evening and we played Scrabble together or what, you know, whatever that memory right. is. And so I think one of the best tips I can give somebody who's in this situation is allow yourself to, yes, do the work if you have to do the work, if it's time to do the work, but let yourself feel the feelings. Yes. One of the things that I have had the honestly honor, the distinct honor kind of realizing over my 12 plus years of doing this is that people come up with essentially a a way to make themselves feel okay. Um, That I call it a release ritual. And this is not a term or phrase I've heard anywhere else. Sometimes I just make up terms or phrases. (laughs) Nice. Me too. This is one of them. (laughs) Good. We need to, somebody needs to. Um, But one of the things, one of the things I have found over and over again is that when we're letting go of things that it's hard to say goodbye to, we come up with some methodology that, that allows ourselves to say it's okay. Yeah. And so a release ritual looks different for different people. For some people, they may need to um, do something really physical. It's the hugging of the baby clothes before we can let them go. Mm-hmm. Or it's the rubbing of the quilts on your cheek. You know, sometimes right. there's a very right. physical aspect to this. For some people, it's really oral. You know, it's a it's a storytelling. Oh, yes, you know, this was worn by so-and-so and she <laughs> did these amazing things. And then like kind of once the story has been told and it feels like honor has been done to that person, then we can move in and kind of let that thing go. So if you find yourself going through a release ritual or, you know, lean into that. Don't say, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't stand here and smell my dad's old shirts before I let them all go. Don't, <laughs> don't be embarrassed, you know, lean into that and say, aha, I know what this is. Yes. This is my release ritual. And what it is, it's your psyche developing a coping mechanism that says it's okay to let go. And importantly, when you let go of the physical item, you are not letting go of the memory or of the love. Right. You know, one of the most important parting words my dad said to me when he passed away was always remember, you will never find me in things. 
Mm, um, oh, what a gift. Yes. And, and, and so, you know, when there was dysfunction with whatever family things we had going on, I was able yeah. to really detach myself from that because, you know, my, my dad released me from all that. I, I, you know, who cares who gets his crap? He's not there anymore. <laughs> and, and you are so intelligent to understand what a, what a blessing that is. And yes. frankly, how unusual that sometimes is because the truth is, we will lose people throughout the course of our lifetime Absolutely. with a myriad of personalities, right? Yes. With a myriad of attachments to their yes. stuff. And some people will say the exact opposite. Some people will will say, instead of saying, release, let yourself free from this. I'm not in any of these things. Right. Some people will say, don't you dare let go of great, great grandma's China. Yes. <laughs> yes. No of, pressure. No you know, pressure. What you right. end up with is the, is the saddling, right? right? And so then it falls onto your shoulders to decide to, to go kind of one of two routes. You either say, and people, you know, people go either way. They say, I am now the museum curator of <laughs> the things, right? I am now the one. It has fallen onto my shoulders. And now all the hoarding that my great great grandma and my grandma and my grandma and my mother have done, well, that now falls to me, I guess, because it is my familial responsibility. This is the thing that I was tasked with, you know, yes. um, by my mother on her deathbed. And and so that's that is an option, right? You can continue that behavior. You can continue to feel the guilt surrounded, you know, with the stuff and with the keeping of the stuff, or you can choose to say. I can love someone and honor someone and not allow my own life and physical world and, and family and future, you know, children and future generations to be saddled with yes. these things. Yes. And it, it, that is a choice that you absolutely can make and you can make from a loving place. You can choose to say, you know what, the buck's going to stop with me. And if right. I have inherited all the China, but no, it's not on display. And we're not talking about the family that came before because we see it. We're not eating off of it ever. If it's just, I've moved four times and it's still in the boxes <laughs> because it exactly. never sees the light of day. Yes. It's so important to recognize I'm not actually honoring this. I'm just holding it hostage. Correct. Right? Correct. I am just doing what I've been told or asked to do. And I'm not really utilizing or loving or appreciating or valuing X thing. And I need to do it the honor of letting it go to somebody who's going to actually enjoy and appreciate it. Right. Right. You know, I, I, I was, I, I grew up in a hoarder house. Um, yes. which, which is um, why your <laughs> your topic is so important to me because um, right. as 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 a as a kid growing up in a in a hoarder house, it was um, mm -hmm. it was yeah. it was suffocating. It was suffocating. That's the best word I can use to describe it. And and I we don't do near enough for kids who are in that situation. We just do not understand or right. or speak to or treat the impact of that and it is so impactful right you know and so now as an adult i i have gone the the exact opposite with the pendulum swing um mm -hmm. my my personal possessions fit in a duffel bag wow. <laughs> i won't have too many clothing yep. <laughs> um if 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 I haven't seen it or used it. If I open a drawer and I haven't seen or I forgot I had that thing, it goes straight to the donation pile. Mm. Um, I just I I can't that. do it. Yes. But my wife, 
my wife, I chose to marry an artist. <laughs> ah, yes. Artists come with so many colorful things. Yes, yes. yes. You know, I love and, it. And so it, it's this interesting um, back and forth between me and her with um, it never it never reaches a point where we're crossing each other's boundaries, but we allow each okay, other to good, exist yeah. in, in what makes us comfortable. Um, but she Beautiful. can always tell when I start to twitch. Um, <laughs> then maybe it's time yeah, to start bringing things yeah. down. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it. You have to have that give and take. Yes. It's a visceral response for yeah. me. I just, I can't do it. Uh, well, it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's triggering to you. And that yes. is very legitimate. And that, you know, um, being kind of sent back into, a childhood space where maybe you didn't feel safe or in control or, right. you know, there, there's just so many things that, that come from that. So uh, yes. smart of you both to kind of recognize that, Hey, we're going to yin and yang a little bit here. Right. And that's oh, right, a lot of good marriages right. are like that, you know, um, but good for you both for kind of recognizing when we get into those triggering moments. <laughs> that was also one of the interesting challenges about being a home hospice nurse um, was mm. not when I walk into someone's home, I'm walking into their home. And right. if it's unsafe, then I am obligated to report those things. Mm-hmm. But if mm. it is just a nasty house full of clutter, mm-hmm. there is nothing I can do because this is your home and this is where you right. feel comfortable. And so yeah, I am not I to pass that. judgment on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so coming from that background, going into this new headspace, um, I've really yeah. learned over the years a lot of lessons about allowing people to exist in their comfort zones. It has been very difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that probably makes my perspective and therefore my company's perspective really interesting is coming from that, you know, clinical mental health standpoint. Right. Um, actually, the first thing in our contract is about process ownership, yes. that these are your items. Yes. This is your home. And at the end of the day, I'm not here to grant permission for you to keep something. And I'm not here to <laughs> wrestle something out of your white knuckled hands. Right. right? That is, If I'm doing my job that way, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's it is causing my job, more trauma. Though. Right. Exactly, exactly. We talk a lot about the fact that it's our job to comfort the afflicted, but mm. afflict the comfortable. And sometimes we can be too comfortable, you know, living in a, a sea of things. Yes. So our job is to ask you about your own goals and to ask you, how can we help you to step closer to those goals, right? right. And that's as important, you know, on a, just a regular Tuesday as it is during a grieving process. Correct. What, yes. what are your goals for this space? Um, and maybe if you are the one who is in hospice care, what what would you like to leave behind? What would you like right. for this home to feel like when inevitably your children come to, to pack things up for the last time, right? Yes. Um, a lot of times though, the reality is, we're not going to work with that person. We are going to work with their children Correct. after they've passed away. Correct. And so, you know, that it just, it is a, it's a very difficult world. And, you know, I, I'm very grateful to be able to walk along people, you know, alongside people in that process when needed. Yes. It's, it's, it's almost an honor to, um, be that safe space for someone. I don't want to say it's almost, it is an honor to be that safe space for I someone. I mean, my goodness, that is such a vulnerable time just in general because mm-hmm. they see their home. 
they see the condition yeah. of their home, and it is usually a point of shame and embarrassment for them. Right. Um, Absolutely. And, and to walk through that kind of a process with someone with any kind of judgment or stepping on any of their boundaries, it, mm -hmm. it, it's just going to further induce all kinds of crazy trauma that that, that should not be the purpose of this stuff. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, we talk a lot about that time period actually being a sacred space. Yes. That this is a space and this is a time yes. that only the innermost people, only the closest of the close are allowed into right. these moments of the, the end of life or the the beginning of life without your loved one. Yeah. And so I completely agree that to be able to and to be needed, you know, to step into that space, um, you really do have to to walk with a lot of compassion, yes. a lot of patience, a lot of understanding. Um, yeah, because grief, it alters people, it right? Really it does. It changes yes. our chemistry. True. Um, and it is just, yeah, and it, it's, uh, it's, you know, something that we're dealing with systemically too. You know, mm. a lot of times we work with people who aren't just making the decisions by themselves, but again, it's a sibling set. Mm -hmm. And it may yes. be that you never liked that sister of yours anyway. <laughs> and now right. you got to decide. Right. She never she helped take care of mama did. anyway. And, right. That's right. <laughs> so we're dealing with all this fresh grief. Yes. All these, you know, family difficulties, all these personality conflicts. Right. And it's a time where if you're not careful, things really could come to a head mm -hmm. and things can be done or said that could be just impactful for years and years and years to come. And so the more, you know, if you're listening to this podcast today and you you are a helper or you want to be someone who, you know, is able to kind of come in and help navigate those moments, just know going into it, you are going to have to bring all of your love, all of your compassion, all of your patience, yes. because these yes. people are in a low level crisis. And the craziest mm -hmm. thing is we still have to go about our daily tasks right. while we are in an absolute falling apart moment. We still have to make decisions. Right. We still have to do things. We have to worry about probate and estates and wills and trusts and, right. you know. Right. It's just a whole new world of stuff. And so, you know, yes. giving people the time and space that, that they might need while also offering to be present is is really important. And I think um, if you don't mind me just saying kind of one more thing on this subject sure, sure. is be super sure to not walk into a space and ever ask somebody if you can have belongings. <laughs> because what may look to you like just a scarf or something that in, especially in these difficult moments, it's like you're, you're asking me to give away a piece of my mother and her memory. Right. Right. So if someone is like, you know what, I would love for you to have this scarf. My mom would have thought you looked beautiful in it. And she loved it. If that's what's happening and you want the, Hey, okay, that's all right. We don't do that personally as a company. That's against our policies. Yes, but, yeah, uh, no way. But never walk in and start just asking for things or <laughs> assuming that you can throw away things. Right? right. Because again, what may look like an old receipt to you that just yes. needs to be chunked. That could be a crucial, important memory in that moment for Correct. that person. And so proceeding with caution is super important. <laughs> yes, and that that is a struggle point for me. Um, mm -hmm. when I, I still practice yeah. in the hospital, and when I walk into my patient room, as I'm talking and assessing my patient, I'm also yeah. assessing the cleanliness of their room, and I'm disinfecting everything and, and throwing things away. And uh, I can't tell you the amount of times my hand gets slapped as <laughs> I'm oh. taking what I think <laughs> is trash, treasure. right? Yeah. 
<laughs> right. That's a note from my kid. Oh, yeah. geez. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> right. How dare you? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I can be a little, I can be a little line stepper crosser when it comes to that stuff. Well, and your intention is good, right? You want to be helpful, but we just have right. to be sure that the help is helpful help. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think as caregivers, that is such an important message right there. Mm -hmm. is you've got to make sure that the help is wanted. <laughs> Otherwise, it's an intrusion. Right. That is so <laughs> true. Even if you know it needs to be done, yes. right? Even if you're like, this is ramen noodle bowl from a week and a half ago. <laughs> right. Nobody needs to see this. Right. It's still important to get that, you know, blessing, you know, yes. from the homeowner whenever you can, of course. Yes. I can yeah. remember when I was young, I think I was about 19, um, uh, my dad and his wife, uh, they they went on vacation for a couple of weeks and left me in charge of their home. Mm -hmm. And so while they were gone, I thought it would be nice if I cleaned mm -hmm. the house. <laughs> and I am one hell of a cleaner, oh, let me tell you. I, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, from crown molding to baseboards, that house was spick and span, shiny, everything in its place, okay? My and you step felt mom, great until oh, they got man, home, right? I did. My stepmom walked through that door and it was as if she had been robbed. And I, I just, I felt so terrible but at the same yeah. time, I was so angry. I was like, are you kidding me? How are you? Right. It just, it didn't register. Anything but appreciative. Me. Right, yes. right. Yeah. Do you see all the work I did here? Jesus. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that taught me a pretty valuable lesson about, you know, your goals are wow. not always everyone else's goals. <laughs> yes. So true. And, and all about that road to hell being paved with those good intentions, you know? Like <laughs> stone after stone, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yes. So if we've crossed that bridge and, and we're we're finally at the point where we think we're ready to let possessions go. Yeah. How do we start? What do we let go first? Yeah. What are what are the things that we can start mm. letting go of? That is such a good question. And I, I think there needs to be a lot of room for personality, right? There needs mm -hmm. to be a lot of room for functionality. Yes. Um, one of the great secrets to getting decluttered, getting organized, processing anything about the starting point and this is such a sticking for people because you get so overwhelmed, right? Yes. And once we get so overwhelmed, we just shut down. Yes, and we correct. open the door and we stood there for a minute and our eyebrows are touching our hairline because we're just taking it all in. And then <laughs> we shut that door and we leave and we say, not today, Satan. That's right. right. <laughs> that, that has happened to everybody, I'm sure. But, but the great secret that I'll just tell you right now for free is that it doesn't matter where you start. There nice. is not one magical correct answer. What does matter is that wherever you start, you can then go in a very linear, clear pattern around the room. And, yes. and doing that instead of ping-ponging. So have you ever had this experience where you say, <laughs> today's the day, I'm going to clean out this guest room. And I open the door and I grab you know, something and but by golly, that doesn't belong in the guest room. That belongs in the office. This I need to go take this and put it in the inbox. So let me just walk in there real quick. I'll be right back. Be right back. But you get to the office and holy moly, this bill needs to go out to the yes. mail. I was supposed to do that yesterday. Let me walk to the mailbox real quick. And then at the mailbox, oh my gosh, would you look at these weeds around the, I'm just gonna pull those real fast 
Let me walk into the garage to get my gloves. But holy moly, would you look inside the... Were right? you following we me this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I've been following everybody for years. And this is so common. So normal. We ping pong around, we ran, and we just exacerbated ourselves. We expended so much energy. We got so many tiny things done that added up to look like nothing. And the original rooms that we intended to work on really didn't get changed one iota. And we feel like a big old failure. We feel like, what the heck happened? I just ran around doing everything but nothing, apparently, all day long. And I quit. You know, I just can't. I'm not cut out for this. So, I, I, for me... The biggest thing is to pick a starting point, and I'm I'm just a very obviously I'm a professional organizer, right? <laughs> so <laughs> my brain is a little bit more logistical and pattern, you know, related or whatever. So I act like a typewriter, and here's what I mean by that: when I walk into a space, I start with the first thing on the far left up high. If that's if I'm in a closet and there's an upper shelf, I'll start on the far left side of that closet. And I'm going to deal with things one at a time. Again, yes. we're not ping-ponging. We're touching the item. We're really evaluating it. We're asking ourselves what we call qualifying questions. And the whole concept here is that things have to qualify to make the cut. We don't just keep everything that's in our possession nice. just because it came into the house. It doesn't all get to stick around. So we're asking ourselves some important questions. One, a really good one to ask yourself is, have I used this in the last calendar year? You've mm-hmm. probably heard that question before. It's a doozy. Listen, if four seasons came and went and you didn't need and use this item, well, that's a really good litmus test. That's yes. right. It is not bringing value to your life and you're not beholden to keep it. In fact, you're probably holding it hostage like we already talked about, yes. right? You're probably keeping somebody else from being able to actually utilize this thing. Do you like Elsa? Let it go. Another qualifying <laughs> question <laughs> that's one of my favorites is would I buy this all over again if I were in the store today? Mm. If you hadn't already purchased the blank, whatever it is, would you let go of the money all over again to be the owner of the thing? And if that's not an easy yes, then let it go. So we're going to ask these questions of these things that we come across as we're being like a typewriter from left to right, all the way along that top shelf of the closet. And then we reach the far right-hand side, just like that typewriter. Do we remember typewriters? Am I just like telling how old I am so much? (laughs) Do we go ting all the way back around to the left, right? That's correct. (laughs) We're working on the second line down the page. Now we're looking at the upper, you know, the upper row maybe of your hanging clothes. And we're doing the same thing left to right touching these items, trying them on if you need to. We're really getting analytical about it, and we're really being a little bit stingy with our space and saying, I am going to choose to say that I'm not going to surround myself with a bunch of you know, cortisol-inducing clutter, that I'm going right. to say I'm going to only keep those things that are, are really – bring me value because I don't want to be the museum curator of things. I don't want to live a life where I'm just having to take care of all of my stuff. If I'm just having to spend my time dusting and caring for and, you know, taking care of all my things, the point of our stuff is that it actually serves us and not the other way around. Our stuff should support our life goals. It should support who you want to be as a brother, as a volunteer, as a friend, as a whatever you are in your life. So if instead of supporting you, it's just one more thing for you to be taking care of, then boy, that's a sure sign. It needs to go. (laughs) So just keep on being a typewriter. And um, (laughs) the other thing I will say is that if there's anything 
right as you walk into the door um, that that would you would have to step over or shimmy around. Take care of that first. Yes. You want to make sure that you have a very easy point of egress for multiple reasons. One, of course, is your your physical safety. Correct. Right. We want to make sure that we're not going to trip and end up breaking our hip, you know, here right. in the house or whatever else anyway. So first of all, for safety purposes, but second of all, because every little tiny annoyance adds up. And even those things <laughs> that we're not being fully cognizant of, it's still mathing. It's still adding up in the back of our minds. Yes. And the more that we can just create an easy situation for ourselves, the more you can even take that from being easy and to the extent that you can make it happy, the better. Can you open the windows? Can you let some fresh air in? Can you turn on right. some music? Right. Can you dance around while you do this? Can you bring a good friend over? Not one right. who's going to say to keep everything, but one who's going to be a real talk, you know, straight shooter with you. Yes. Um, can you keep some little snacks on hand and stay hydrated, right? How yeah. can we, as much as is possible, actually turn this from being drudgery and make it into a self-care moment? Yes. How can we make this a moment where we actually are honoring the person who's departed? Maybe right. we're bringing our camera and as we're coming across the 700 pairs of high heel shoes to wear, we're taking some <laughs> pictures of these and we're going to make a coffee table book for everybody for Christmas. Awesome. And it's going to yes. be called Mimi's Heels or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> the more you can kind of bring that attitude to it, the less it matters exactly what your process is. You may go low to high. You may go left, right to left. It could be different from my typewriter. But the major thing is not to ping pong around and waste all your energy and feel like you didn't get anything done. <laughs> right, right. You know, so, and, and watching <laughs> watching my wife as as an ADHD artist when she cleans, mm. it's really it's really entertaining to me because she <laughs> she will clean up the dining room and the dining room looks like magazine fresh perfect, and then yes. you go into the office that was magazine fresh and perfect. Yep. And now it's no longer because everything, everything from the dining room just moved. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yes. bless those brains. <laughs> and we need them, right? Oh, we, God, the world yeah. is made more beautiful and more fun and more interesting by them. You know, there is absolutely a place for everybody, but I'm sure she feels like, thank goodness that she's got you. And I know you feel like, thank goodness you've got her, right? Oh, yes. It, I, it would, I would together. live in a very <laughs> sterile hospital-like environment if it was not for her. Right. She, she adds her the hominess. Yes. yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's it's, it's so, pretty funny. Um, she, uh, I totally just... Oh my God, I had a story to tell you and I just completely lost it. That is amazing. Oh. <laughs> that is oh, amazing. Well, it'll come back to you. Yes. I was actually going to um, follow up on my comment when you were asking, like, kind of how do we get started? Yeah. And, and tell you a little bit about the rest of the process, if that's helpful. Once we've gotten started, what do we do from there? Does that sound like good information? Yes, for it's you? Perfect. perfect. It's perfect. Okay. So as you're going through these things, obviously we're deciding. Do we want to keep it or do we not? Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of the main question. Correct. But what's important to know is that things are really going to fall into. There's multiple categories things to go into. Some stuff is is going to be a keep. Right. Yes. It either is going to stay in the home or it's maybe maybe we have to vacate the home, but it's going to go to a particular person and it, it, it's a keeper item. So that that's a definite category. Some things are going to just be absolutely trash. You know, the process <laughs> of time. Boy, she's cruel sometimes, isn't she? And oh sometimes are, yeah, are things that we hung on to for decades and thought, oh man, that'd be so important. You pick it up and it literally crumbles, you yes. know, it, we, we just, or it's become obsolete, right? 
the the thing, whatever it was, these encyclopedias that we all used to look through back when the grandkids were young right. or whatever. Well, shoot, that's yes. updated 472 <laughs> times since then. And, you know, the truth is, sadly, there's no place to donate no. those old encyclopedia sets because they're obsolete. The library can't hang on to and be educating kids about things that we right. now know Pluto's not a planet. You right, know? right, so, right. Yeah. So some things are just going to become trash, and that's just yes. the hard truth. Recycle what you can and feel good about that, but the rest, you just need to trash things sometimes. Yes. And then there's going to be you know, another category of stuff that's to donate, and this can be a real sticking point, and here's why. It's hard to let go of somebody's things. The more you love the person, the more involved you are in their life, the more difficult it can be to let go of stuff. And we want to, even with our own stuff, right, even with stuff that is not related to grief at all, it's hard to let go of stuff and know that, like, realistically, no one's going to wear this prom dress from 1988 ever again, (laughs) really, right? It's hard. So, obviously, wherever you can, you know, donating things is fantastic, but there are going to be some types of items that you're going to find that your donation centers may not take. And so I just say that not at all to be a Debbie Downer, but to just to try to emotionally prepare you for the fact that there may be things that they may say, you know what, we just don't have room for this couch or this couch is not in pristine condition. It's a little ratty. And guess what? (laughs) It is hurtful to hear that the couch that you grew up and sat on for Christmases and that you talked for hours and hours and hours to your great aunt on, that someone else would call that ratty, yeah. that can be very hurtful in that moment. So the more that you can go into it, just kind of trying to understand ahead of time, what does this particular donation location take? What do they have room for on the floor today? And what are their requirements? You know, So the more you can kind of steel yourself against the reality that somebody else may say disparaging things about your dad's wardrobe or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, they may not want it. Um, again, that does not have to take away from how much you love him in that, you know, the old Hawaiian shirt he used to wear all the time that right. nobody else yes. wants anymore. Yes. And it doesn't mean that you have to saddle yourself with it. Again, right. you can keep all the love and all the memories and let go of the physical item. So, but there's, there's going to be some different categories that things go into. And as you're, you know, separating these things out, maybe you're going ahead and packing up the keeper items. Maybe you just pulled, you know, hired a, a dumpster on site. Yes. Maybe you just got even a, a fairly small, a 10 yard dumpster. And, you know, that's not a bad idea at all. Refrigerator items, medicine cabinet items, half used shampoos and conditioners. <laughs> There's just so much stuff it adds that up we fast. just cannot. Yes. It adds up so fast. And for, you know, some hundreds of dollars, it's not cheap per se, but it's cheaper than you going to the dump 42 times. That's correct. Um, a roll-off service with a dumpster in the front yard for a week is not a bad way to go at all. And I think we have such a negative connotation of a dumpster, right? It just yes. feels like we are just trashing someone's life. Um, but again, give yourself grace. No, that's not what you're doing. You're right. not just, you know, yeah, you're you're just moving forward in the way that this person would want you to, right? Someone yes. who loved you, who was looking out for your best interest, they, they want you to be able to move forward and be happy. Right. They want you to be whole. They want you to be healthy right. and they, to be able to process things and, and you live happily again. You know, yes, the last thing they want to do is hold you as a prisoner. Um, that, exactly. That's, that's terrible stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that as as life forces, we are energy. 
And, mm, and yes. that, that is how I choose to honor my dad um, is, is by expending yeah. the energy that I know he would be putting out there or that I know he would mm-hmm. want me to put out there. You know, um, he was a very giving individual and uh, yeah. he, he gave uh, he left his his vehicle to me. And um, I had, I had a, I I already had my vehicles though. So I didn't really have a need for it, but I did have a Mm -hmm. friend who was a mutual friend who had just lost his vehicle. And my dad was the kind of guy that would have totally given that guy a a car. He just would have given it to him. Mm. Um, And so I I gave him my dad's truck. Um, That's awesome. You know, and I did it with, with, with no, you know, sadness or anything because this is mm-hmm. perpetuating the legacy and the memory of my dad. This is who he is. This is what he would have done. So why not continue it? Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's, that's so cool. Yeah. It, I think it just comes from being able to dissociate, like I said, that mm-hmm. energy that was that person that you loved so much with mm-hmm. the things that you associate that person with. Well, and if you look at it the right way, that energy is still very much alive and well. Every time your friend fires up that truck yes, and exactly. it carries him to go do the tasks and to exactly. be the man that he needs to be, that is the efforts of your dad's work still at work today. Yes, yes. And still blessing and still doing and still being active. And that is an awesome thing. But when I first got the truck, um, my dad had that truck for about 20 something years. And wow. I don't think he ever washed the inside of that truck one time in 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it was for my for my OCD heart, it was horrible. Um, but mm-hmm. every time I opened that door, it smelled just like him. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I would just sometimes sit in the mm-hmm. truck, this dirty ass truck, but I would yeah. just sometimes <laughs> just like, sit in go. it. And I, I, yeah. I would see the dirt and I would think that, you know, his his hand put that there. And, you know, and yes. that that's where I started. That was the emotional space that yeah. I started in. But then I just kept mulling over his words. I am not in yeah. my possessions. And mm. I said, okay, all right, it's it's time to move forward. And we we cleaned up the truck real good. And then all these other events with my friend, um, came, you know, started happening. And so it was just, okay, this is, this is synchronistic. This is timing. This is what's supposed to happen. Just meant Um, to be. Right. But you know, it it was a process. It was a Mm -hmm. process because at first I couldn't even get out of the truck. (laughs) Of course. And that is so normal. And I think a lot of times, when people haven't maybe dealt with a grief that really hits close to home, right. we think, oh my gosh, am I crazy? I keep wanting to to go sit in dad's old truck or I keep yeah. wanting to go wear mom's old shawl or I keep right. wanting to put my hands inside my husband's gloves and know that his fingers were in here last, right? right? Yes, yes. And those things can make us feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> of course you're not. You are struggling <laughs> to come to terms with a person who you loved, who was in your life, who was just there is no longer there and accessible. And that's one of the most common human experiences that we will all ever have. And yet, because we handle death and dying with so many whispers, right? With with so much almost secretiveness, we don't come out and say the thing that can feel embarrassing, but that is so human, so normal, and so healthy, actually. It's healthy to slide your fingers into that glove. You're not crazy. Nope. This is part of your release ritual, right? Correct. Um, you're we're we're just starving for the connection and to feel that person and their energy with us still. And the more that we can rest assured 
that that energy, that person is in every way that really, really matters, very much still with us, the more we can start to dissociate and let go of the stuff instead of getting bogged down by it. Right. You know, and, and we are, we are creatures with, with multifaceted sensory capacities, you know, and so for us to think that it should just be a headspace process of letting go, (laughs) that's crazy because that's not how we take things in, you know, by, by touching things, that's how we process by tasting, by smelling, Mm -hmm. my goodness, by smelling, um, by hearing, I still have an, an answering machine, uh, with, with my dad's voice on it. Oh, and you know, every so often I pull it out and I listen to it um, because I need to hear that. I don't ever want his voice to become that memory. I, 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 I I still want it to be present for me. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, so it's it's just insane the amount of the expectations we have of ourselves during such vulnerable times. Yeah. Um, right, fair, and that we're supposed really. to just compartmentalize. Yes. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. And we don't, you know, we don't treat it from a societal standpoint with with the kind of love and reverence mm-hmm. that it should be treated with. You know, you have a baby and you have some time off for that, and you should. You right. should have some paid time off and for the mom and the dad. <laughs> yes, and we should do better as a, as a country. We should do better at that. Yes. But also the other end of that process of birth mm-hmm. is, is death. Yes. And we just don't do nearly enough to acknowledge that from company perspectives. And again, just, just from society as a whole. And so I love that you're doing this podcast. I love that people are tuning in and listening and, and, and maybe, and hopefully one of the takeaways is that we can all just be more mindful of people who are in this grieving moment right. and just really extend a lot of grace, offers to help, knowing that whether or not you're ever taken up on the offer is almost not even the point, right? right. Someone may yes. never reach out and say, yes, I do want that casserole. Yes, I do want you to come help me sort through these clothes. They may never actually take you up on that, but the knowledge that you genuinely meant the offer and that you said anything instead of doing the opposite. And and so often we feel like we're going to say the wrong thing. And so we say nothing. And I promise you that is not the move. Say anything. You know, I, I found, I found all through the grieving process and, you know, of course the grieving process is a lifelong journey. Um, so even now when I reach low points, I found, I, I found the biggest help for me, it's just people not saying, I've already heard that story about your dad before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just let me talk. No just let doubt. Me talk let me say it. it. Yeah. just I, And, and, and be there. interested in it, right? Ask me questions. What kind of right. character was he? You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That keeps him alive in that very real yes. way. Yes. Absolutely. Um, my mom, I, I, I told a, another guest about my mom who um, she loves to to tell stories of her childhood and, and, and stories of my childhood and things like that. And it's the same six stories on a loop oh, yeah. over and over. And, and I, I just I don't find myself when I was a kid, I used to roll my eyes about these stories. Um, yeah, but now as an adult and, and having mm-hmm. lost my dad, um, I hear these stories and I can't wait to hear it again Um, because I want to, yes, I want to remember every little nuance to her storytelling. You know, I want to remember each little spot that made her laugh because I know now it's fleeting and there will come a time where I will never hear her voice. Tell me those stories again. Yes. Um, And And that is the 
Yeah. Yes, I think that if we, you know, as a society, I think if we can come to terms with our own mortality and everyone else's mm-hmm. mortality, perhaps we might be a little more kind and a little more, um, mm. um, put a little more effort into the interactions that we have with folks. I, I, I think that Absolutely. a lot of our dysfunction as a society lays with the fact that we are trying to live forever, which is something we're not mm. going to be able to do. <laughs> right. We're not engineered that way. It's not the plan. That's correct. Well, and I love what you said about date. <laughs> that's, automatically. I love what you said about, you know, that grief never ends. And that's something no, that I yeah. think we have learned in just from a scientific standpoint, even is that, you know, we, we don't move on from, right. you know, this loss. We move on with the loss. Exactly. And that yes. it stays with us forever and ever. Yes. And I, I think you're so right. Oh, so sorry. Um, you know, the more that we can know that everyone we're meeting is probably dealing with something and we just don't know how deep, how fresh, how close to home that might have been. Man, if we can look at each other through just those kinder, more compassionate and more understanding eyes, we'll all be a lot better off. There is this training video that I know I've watched in a million and a half hospitals as a travel nurse, and I'm, I'm sure because it is so impactful, I'm certain that it's in other genres or industries as well, but it's um, mm-hmm. folks uh, coming and going in the hospital, and uh, no one says a word, but it's just little subtitles underneath each person that you watch for about 15 seconds as to what their experience is at that moment in the hospital. Mm, wow. And it's 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 very impactful um, because it, it lets you know um, not to take everything so personally because yeah. you don't know if this person did just leave their physician hearing that they have stage four cancer. You don't know. That it, Absolutely. You, you, so I, I try to approach every situation with people that I would normally when I was younger have considered just buttholes. Um, right. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I try to, <laughs> right. I, I try to wonder, yeah. OK, what's what's the root cause here? What's what's really mm-hmm. happening? Um, I, I, I try not to address the behaviors. Um, I, I see those behaviors mm-hmm. as symptoms. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and and I just I hope I hope that soon society will be able to to do those same things because it just it troubles me very much um, to mm-hmm. see people that I know are grieving or that I know yeah. are struggling with mental illness. Right. Being right. so mistreated. Um, Absolutely. I I love the video that you were sharing about, and I will never forget several years back, my uh, grandmother had passed away. It was pretty sudden, and I raced to the hospital as quick as I could, and I couldn't get there in time before she had died and walked into the hospital, and there stood my dad, her son, in the front lobby, and he's just a just a a big hulking strong you know six foot two broad-shouldered man and he just looked like a crumpled little boy in his bright blue eyes just brimming with tears and i was just you know speed walking to him to to go give him a hug and tell him how sorry i was and i hugged him and we kind of sat back from each other for a minute and at an exact moment in time a woman with a brand new baby was being wheeled right past us out right. of the hospital in the wheelchair to the front door. Yes. And he just looked at that woman and he just looked at me and he just kind of nodded his head and smiled a little bit. And he just said the circle of life, you know, that's it. and I think that's such a poignant thing that even, you know, even in the midst of our loss, 
there is still beauty in the world. Yes. And even when there's beauty in your world, there is loss in someone else's. Yes. Yes. Very, very important point. Very important point. Um, You know, and but the thing is, there is still some beauty even in loss. Even in loss. Well, it wouldn't hurt so much if the love hadn't been so great. Truth. Truth. And sometimes grief is complex because you can lose somebody and know that you should feel a way that you may not realistically feel. Mm -hmm. And these are the kind of things people don't talk about at dinner parties. Right. But sometimes people pass away who were not kind people, who were not good influences in your life, (laughs) who did not add to the richness of your days and your childhood or whatever. Sometimes people pass away. And you think, my gosh, am I a terrible person? No. I'm glad they're gone. I don't want to have to deal with this stuff anymore. Pull up the dumpster now. I'm ready to let it go so I can move on in a healthier, happier way. And sometimes we can feel a lot of grief about feeling the way we feel. Yes. But I hope <laughs> I hope everyone will know that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. Yes. And just because someone has passed away... It doesn't make them a different person all of a sudden. <laughs> if they were not a good force for you, it's okay to own that. Yeah. Now, please don't go at making public rants about the person, right? Like, <laughs> or throwing a party and sending out invitations, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. This may not be the moment to go live on Facebook and tell the world what a stinker they were. <laughs> right. But simultaneously, you don't have to suddenly, you know, just give sainthood to somebody just because they've passed away, right? That's right. Yes. So feel free to feel the way that you feel about things. And a letting go process may feel cathartic for you in a very different reason, and that's okay. Yes. Yes, it could. You know, closure is closure. Closure is closure. I I, I tell folks in the hospital all the time when when people pass away that we're not necessarily nice. And and their kids are standing around the bed, and they're like, you know, I – I feel bad because I'm not crying. I was like, why would you feel Mm -hmm. bad? I'm pretty certain that person made you cry enough when they were alive, right? (laughs) Right. It's okay. And you don't owe them that. No. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, your your responsibility now is is honestly to you and to whoever is depending on you, right? If if there are things we can learn from the life of this person right. who for whatever reason wasn't a positive force, let's take a moment and take stock of that. Yes. Let's let's do a little inner work and say, are there behaviors? Are are there actions? Are there characteristics that I am carrying on mm-hmm. that you came from this, you know, familial line here that I don't want to carry on? And what can I do about that? Right. Right. What what help is available for me to be sure that I'm the one stopping whatever pattern? I don't want to pass into the future. And honestly, that's a pretty fantastic way to honor whatever someone did do for you in your life. Correct. Correct. How not to examples are very powerful. Yes, they are. They are very powerful. I I learn more from how not to's than I do from good examples because good examples make everything look too easy. And then right. when you get yeah. into it and it's not so easy, now I feel like a freaking Uh-oh. failure. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but if so I valid. see someone flailing and struggling, I'm like, oh, well, mm-hmm. maybe if they tried it this way, okay, I'm going to try it that way. And right. it's easier yeah. and I can do it. Now, what have I set yeah. myself up for? Success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How not to is yeah. great. I love them. In the moment, I can't <laughs> stand it. But, you know, overall, I, looking back reflectively, <laughs> I love how not to's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's, it's you know, with, with 
with my dad, bless his heart, um, he he came from an interesting uh, parent. His, his dad mm. uh, struggled with a lot of depression, as he tells me, right. and um, mm. he was always sick. I don't ever remember uh, my dad's dad not being sick, and so my, my grandma took care of him. Um, mm. I want to yeah. say for 50-something years she took care of him. Wow, wow. And, um, he wasn't necessarily the nicest person to her. He was a great mm. storyteller, so much fun to be around, and was a great grandpa right. to me. But I just remember sometimes the way he would talk to my grandma would make me feel weird. Um, mm. And so yeah. when he finally passed away, I remember vividly my grandma looking at my dad and saying, are people going to judge me if I just don't go to this funeral? Wow. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying, yep. who gives a shit? There you go. That is the correct answer. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> so, yes, it's 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 important. It's important that more people talk about those kinds of aspects, yes, because it, then there won't be so much guilt associated with what everyone else is already feeling. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So true. That's the funny thing about the human mind is that we always think that we are the first or we are the only or we have it the worst, <laughs> not realizing that maybe just two households down, the exact same yeah. issue is playing out. Um, well, and that's, I think, one of the plagues of modern society. We've outsmarted ourselves. You know, we, we used to live in, in clan and in tribe and we leaned on each other during these really difficult times in life and no one was alone or no one thought that they were crazy when they wanted to put their hand inside the fingers of the glove because we'd right. seen each other do this and we we knew we weren't alone in this and we talked about these things and right. we've gotten so uh you know advanced and i'm using air quotes that you can't see here but <laughs> you know we all live inside our own little houses and we yes. go and we shut the door to the outside world and we struggle alone with yes. the deepest darkest most huge questions and difficulties of life and you know i think our depression and anxiety numbers tell the story Agreed. it's we're not better for it we're right. not better for doing things alone and the more we can and, and we'll be willing to be vulnerable to be open to be known and to be a person who is worthy of someone else being vulnerable and open with you the right. better off we're all going to be Yes, I agree. I agree. I live in um, a, a small little neighborhood in Columbus, Georgia, and uh, I work at a local hospital that's not even five miles from where I live. And um, I was I take a walk in my neighborhood every single night. And um, mm. <laughs> I was clocking in one day and a nurse walked up to me and said, hey, what were you doing walking in my neighborhood the other night? Uh, and I said, well, I only walk in my neighborhood, so we must live near each other. And before I knew it, like four or five other people, we all live literally across the street from each other. Oh, my gosh. And have for years and didn't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. There you go. Yes. So yeah. just how closed off can, you know, people be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really nuts. Yeah. So yeah, I know yeah. that you have a podcast. Talk to me a little bit about your podcast, my friend. I sure do. It's called the Organizer Chicks Podcast. So trying to make it pretty easy to find. Yes, yes. Um, I see so yeah, the logic there. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're pretty serious about our branding at the Organizer awesome. Chicks. Yes, so we yes. try to be pretty consistent across the board. But Good. Um, yeah, we essentially just talk about all the things 
um, about decluttering, about putting your house on the market maybe, or about mm. grief, right? Or yes. um, about interpersonal relationship dynamics, about helping kids get and stay organized and helping them find the why in that, right? The, right. the whole what's in it for me right. kind of question, you know? So, um, yeah, sometimes we'll do some deep dives on different areas of the home. We'll talk in depth about, you know, unpacking the kitchen or, you know, whatever it might be. Yes. Um, but yeah. That's important. Impact, you know, a properly unpacked kitchen <laughs> is is really I mean, important. Can impact your life basically every day, right? Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome stuff. That's yeah. that, that speaks to my OCD heart. Thank you. <laughs> I love well, it. Feel free to check it out. Uh, absolutely, think. absolutely. <laughs> and so on social media, I'm going to take a wild guess and say the organizer chicks <laughs> is about how they can find you on platforms. Is that correct? <laughs> that is a fantastic My guess. God, my psychic yes, abilities are increasing. It. I know. Wow. It's just it's so insightful. <laughs> no, but you're exactly right. We are at the organizerchicks.com if you're looking for a website. Um, and again, we are, you know, in multiple areas, but we also love to travel this year. We went as far south as Tampa, Florida, and as oh, far wow. north as Niagara Falls, New York. Oh, so essentially wow. <laughs> to the far edges of the country, we yeah. love to travel. Um, and then at Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash the organizer chicks in our Instagram is the organizer chicks threads <laughs> is the organizer chicks. TikTok <laughs> is the organizer chicks. So <laughs> you can find us in any of those places. Or frankly, if you just Google the organizer, I was chicks, just about to say that might cover it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Probably get the job done. <laughs> yes. I love strong branding. I, yeah. I love strong branding. That's amazing. <laughs> it makes you easy to find, especially when you're providing such an amazing community service. Being able to be easily found is so important. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I, I feel so lucky to have just essentially made up a job that I wanted to do <laughs> back in 2011. There was no body. Nobody had a national television show or, right, right. or books flying right. across the shelves or, you know, lines of products in Walmart. That wasn't a thing at that point in time. And yes. so I feel so lucky to have found something that I genuinely love and that I believe in so much. Yes. I remember in grad school, I came across the, the stat that the average American is wasting 17 minutes a day every day looking for things they've lost or misplaced. And because I'm a nerd, the first thing I did was math. You know, what is 17 minutes every day times a week, a month, a year? And it, it's time. just, it's, it is so, it is almost a full calendar year, day and night over the course of the lifespan. Wow. And the thing that struck me is that that is avoidable. I recognize I don't lose 17 minutes a day. And I started to ask myself why. And I realized this sounds ironic. It sounds backward, but I don't lose 17 minutes a day essentially because I have a terrible memory. What does that have to do with anything you might ask yourself? Well, I'm a firstborn child who was always just a really driven kid. I just wanted to set a good example and to do a good job and to follow the rules and have things tidy and done on time and all that. So when I was, I, I think I was in about the fourth grade, um, a teacher called on me to give an oral presentation that I didn't have done because I didn't remember it. Oh, no. And I remember thinking to myself, this is shameful and I am too smart for this and I will never let this happen again. Now I'm talking about like a nine-year-old saying these things to herself, yes. but I went home and I asked my mom, God lover, to take me to Walmart. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I needed something to support me. And she took me and I stood there in the office supply section 
And I bought a trapper keeper because, you know, it was <laughs> it was the late 80s. That's right. And so I got a Lisa Frank trapper keeper yes. and a day planner and because I, I knew I needed to start to have some time management. And then I thought, well, my English book is is yellow, so I'll buy a yellow folder. And my part, my math book is purple. I'll buy a purple folder for that class. And this was the beginning of a time-managed and color-coded life that I just carried all the way on through high school and into college and into grad school and into marriage. Wow. And I accidentally developed a lot of organization, time management processes and procedures born out of the need to overcome this weakness of a really rotten memory. Um, oh. This still plagues me to this day. I'm I'm highly productive because I, I I know if I don't do the thing, I will forget it. If I don't yes. schedule the thing, it won't happen. And so that really is, it's very personal to me to do what I do because I've seen the difference of living with or without, yes. you know, clutter. I've seen the difference of living, living with or without time management, without organization. Yes. And the world is crazy. The world is yes. full of so much that we cannot individually control. Right. And so the more we can control, and I use that word softly, not in some your house is a Martha Stewart catalog and you can't sit on this. Effort. That's never the goal, <laughs> but to have some semblance of control yes. over the way you feel, the way that you have peace and productivity in your home and your office right. space, you can have some control over that. You yes. can be the architect of your own neurotransmitters to a large degree. Nice. And that's what I'm here to preach. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That is that is absolutely amazing. Well, Amber, I am so excited to have had you here today. I, I, I Anytime you want to stop by and grace Death Daddy's graveyard shift with your presence, we're here. <laughs> we're oh, here. I love it. Thank you for that kind offer. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I wish you all the success. Right back to you. And again, I, I, I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. It is so important that people be having and listening to these conversations. Yes. So thank you very much. Yes. Thanks anytime, for having me. Anytime, my friend. You have a wonderful day. Same to you. Thanks so much. Anytime. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. Death Daddy's Graveyard Shift is more than just a podcast. It's a movement. We envision a world where conversations about death are normalized and people can openly discuss their fears, hopes, and experiences surrounding mortality. By inspiring a deeper understanding and acceptance of death, we hope to inspire a greater appreciation for life. Remember that life is short, so why not embrace the quirkiness and lighten up the darkness? Join us on Death Daddy's Graveyard Shift as we embark on a transformative journey through the realm of death. Together, let's uncover the beauty that lies within these final chapters of our existence. Tune in. Subscribe. Let's make death a little less scary one episode at a time.